We know our tax rates today, so why not put as much as you can in that Roth and not be at the mercy of what your tax rate's going to be in 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now. If it's in that Roth bucket, who cares? It's all tax-free anyways. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the wind-up and the delivery. Well, thanks for joining us here on Perfect Game Retirement. This podcast is going to dive into the 401k today, answer a lot of your FAQs when it comes to the 401k. It's a, it's a retirement account that so many people have as part of their retirement plan and their financial plan. So we want to answer a lot of the questions that Ryan gets, uh, you know, on a weekly basis. And and Ryan, how are things going over Black Oak uh, Asset Management? Uh, we're doing doing well. Still, again, part of the Dave Ramsey Network, so that's uh, uh, continuing a lot of conversations with new people, and uh, more and more people are starting to come into the office. And um, again, obviously, we're taking all the precautions, but it's a face to face business a lot of times, and so people are, are kind of um, chomping at the bit, if you will, to, to get back in here. Some not, and that's fine. It's, you know, everybody's opinion on that is, is different and that's okay. But, uh, being able to see people in person and nerd out and hear on my whiteboard and <laughs> draw all over the place is, uh, is fun to do again. Very cool. Well, you know, today we're going to get into the 401k and, and I you know this is the main, for, for many people, the main vehicle to get to retirement, but I saw this quote and I thought it'd be a good way to kind of kick off the show. It came from Abe Lemons. He said, the trouble with retirement is that you never get a day off. <laughs> That's uh, so true. Uh, and and uh, obviously I'm 42 and not retired, but my dad is, and he lives right next door to me. Um, we, we bought some land together, so I get to see him every day. But And I thought of him immediately when I when I heard this quote. And I had to back up, and you know, you and I were talking, uh, kind of prepping for the show. I didn't even know who Abe Lemons was, but you and I are sports geeks, and we had no idea who this guy was. And he was a pretty big-time basketball coach in the 60s and 70s. But uh, he's a pretty well-quoted individual. And before I address the one that, he's, that you said – uh, I looked up other quotes that he had. So it sounds like he's a pretty uh, funny guy or witty guy, if you will. But one quote was, you finish last in your league and they call you an idiot. You finish last in medical school and they call you a doctor. <laughs> I think I've heard that one before. But I had no idea it came from him. I guess Abe, I guess Abe quoted it and it's his. Um, so anyway, but yeah, the trouble with retirement is that you never get a, a day off. And, you know, there's so many rabbit holes you could go down with this quote but it's it is so true and i joke with my dad and this is not you know every day's a saturday uh and he jokes back with me it'll be monday he's like today's saturday i'm like no (laughs) it's not i'm going to work uh for on a monday um so it is true i mean that can be a good thing and sometimes that can be a bad thing um you know and i tell people when we do some planning with individuals is income needs for the most part don't really drastically get cut when you enter retirement. You see all these formulas of 80%, 70%, 60% of what your take-home pay was before. And usually in the beginning, it's not too much different. Now that's a case-by-case situation, but you see a lot where the income needs or wants, I should say, 
uh, don't drastically go down because every day is a Saturday. So if you're bored, hey, let's go get something to eat or hey, let's go shopping and do this or play golf or travel. And, and that stuff adds up really, really quick. So I, I like his quote there. And again, that could be good or bad for some people, but it's so true. I mean, retirement, oh, get up and got to do it all over again. So find something that you're passionate about. Keep your time uh, occupied because it can be slow <laughs> and and boring for some. Um, you know, I, I've mentioned this before. My mom's already passed away, so it's just my dad. And uh, so he has to do a lot of things to kind of keep his mind uh, occupied a lot with you know, kids games and he's got four grandkids. So he's constantly going to games, but other things that you're passionate about, you definitely need to, to keep going because retirement is uh, every single day. Well, I know you're passionate about retirement planning and, and talking about uh, the 401k and working with clients on this. So let's, let's go through some 401k frequently asked questions to try to just provide some real basic and, and fundamental information for people that you know, are curious about the 401k because it's a product that we, you know, most, the majority of us use at some point, but how well do we know it, the ins and outs, uh, you know, all the details of our 401k, you know, that's, that's a question that you know, only you can answer, but for many people, they don't know exactly what all goes into it. So I got six things I want to kind of run through with you and uh, get your perspective on. And let's start with the first one, you know, a lot of companies and every company really is their 401k offerings are different. So you definitely want to know exactly what your company is offering, but some companies actually offer free advice or they'll provide you advice for a very low fee to help you with your 401k. You think this is a good idea for people to try to take advantage of? You know, it could be. Uh, there's, there is, like you just mentioned, there's so many different ways that 401ks are structured and obviously company size uh, definitely does matter when it comes to this. Now, you know, we're an independent smaller firm, and but we do 401k plans. And so we're the advisor of record. So we provide a lot of this education because we are getting paid uh, to manage that 401k account. Now, some of your bigger companies, your, your larger institutions, if you will, uh, they're going to have those big providers like a Vanguard or a Fidelity and they'll offer that. You you know, they'll charge a very, very small fee to get additional planning advice. And, and some people take them up on that. And it can be good for, for some people. For some people who may not have an advisor that they're already working with, because we look at our, our clients' 401k plans. But if you're not working with an advisor and just not sure what direction to go in, especially when that account value gets up pretty pretty high, you may want to pay for that service. And I actually just got referred from uh, to someone got referred to me and we had a conversation about it and, and he didn't decide to go with us, which is fine. He decided to go with um, the the low fee cost of, I believe it was, I can't remember who it was, but it doesn't matter. He decided to go in that in that direction and that's, and that's perfectly fine. And so it's a fit for some people. How personalized and how in-depth are they going to go? That's another question that needs to be asked that you should know before you make that commitment. So if you don't have any idea uh, that it may be worth uh, paying for that advice, obviously they have all these tools and bells and whistles on their websites that you know will, will kind of give you some rough math on things. And I'm not a huge fan of those calculators, if you will, on those websites. Hey, you know, based off what you have in your account, you can have this much income. Yeah. Anyway, that depends. And that's just a free little tool that's sitting there. So, you know, um, be, be careful for the free tools, what they, what they can offer. So for some, it may be a good fit for this, uh, for this service. But if you work with an advisor, then most of the time they, they will look at your 401k plan and, and help you out with that. Gotcha. Okay. Um, one thing I wasn't really familiar with until maybe a little recently is that you could actually take a loan from your 401k. I wasn't even, 
I had no idea that was even an option, um, which is probably a good thing. I don't need to be doing that probably. <laughs> but uh, tell me, is that a good idea or a bad idea to, to try to access these 401k loans? I mean, I'm usually going to say bad idea. I, I guess, you know, the only time I would really recommend it is maybe to avoid some type of bankruptcy maybe. But for the most part, I would just say, no, it's just not a good idea. And there's some companies that we do 401k fors, and they say, no, like it's up to the individuals who are putting on the plan to make that decision. Do we make loans available or not? So you may need to even check with your plan first to see if you even have that option. But some will just say, no, we're not, we're not allowing them. Or if they do, it's a hardship loan where they got to go through a, a pretty rigorous process and saying, okay, this has happened, this has happened, this has happened. Okay, now you can take a loan out. But then some companies, it's just open season. You can take one out and do whatever you want with it. So, But for the most part, I usually say a bad idea because as you start to pay that loan back off, you're paying with it with after-tax dollars. So it's not like... So again, most of 401k money is pre-tax. So you're taking a loan out. So two things are happening. Let's say you take $50,000 out in loans off of your 401k. Well, 50 grand is now unplugged, meaning it's not invested anymore. So that 50 grand is gone um, and you have to pay it back. And then you pay it back with after-tax dollars. So not only is your money not invested, you're paying it back with after-tax dollars. So it's usually an inefficient use of, of funds, if you will. And then also too, if you leave that company, that money is due back or it's seen as a distribution by the IRS. And then you got to pay taxes and potentially penalties depending on what your age is. So some people don't think about that. They leave a company and they're like, oh man, I got a $10,000 loan in my 401k. Well, that sucker's owed. And usually it's within 60 days it's owed back. So there's just a lot of gotchas with these things. Again, I'm not mad at people if they do it and you've already done it and you're listening to this episode, but um, moving forward, I would try to steer clear from it. Very good. Good to know. Uh, an option we've talked about a little bit on the show, I think, and, and one that I think probably comes up quite a bit with you right now is the rollover. So the 401k rollover, I guess, explain kind of how that works quickly. And, and does it make sense or when does it make sense maybe? And when doesn't it make sense for somebody? Yeah. On 401k rollovers, yeah. I mean, that's probably the biggest chunk of business that we've done this year is 401k rollovers, whether people are leaving jobs or getting terminated from jobs, unfortunately. But doing 401k rollovers, I mean, just kind of like the last point we talked about, usually for a 401k loan, I usually say no. Usually for rollovers, I say, yeah, it's usually a good idea to do because one, it's not at your you know previous 401k plan. It's in an IRA that you control that's in your name. And when I say you can control, you can use an advisor, you can do it yourself, but the, the investment options are unlimited. So you can pick whatever you want. Now that could be a bad thing for some people because it's a little overwhelming with how many choices that you do have. But um, usually, again, usually the cost is gonna be lower in an IRA versus a 401k plan. So not only do you save on cost, but your choices are unlimited when it comes to that. So um, an IRA, you can't take a loan, you cannot take a loan out. So that's one potential, I guess, downside if people are looking for how to get money. You can't take loans out on an, on an IRA. You just have to have to take a distribution. So more times than not, it's better to have it in an IRA where you make sure your beneficiary forms are up to date and you have all that checked off because sometimes 401ks, 
we set them up and then 20 years go by and maybe before we were married or after we got divorced and we forgot to change the beneficiary forms, that could be a big deal. So uh, just little nuances like that. I think it's more times than not. Now, when it's advantageous to maybe leave it there is most retirement plans, if it's still in the 401k, you can take money out at age 55. So if you're looking to retire early, it may be beneficial to keep it in there for a few years until you get to 59 and a half, and then you can roll it over to an IRA. But most plans, you can take that money out at age 55 uh, and not pay any 10% penalty. It's good to know. Uh, I know when I first opened up my my first 401k, I think it back to it, and I didn't have a lot of uh, information, wasn't that knowledgeable when it came to investing. And you know, I looked at my options, and one of the first things I saw was the target date fund. Hey, I know I'm going to retire this year, or maybe hope to retire this year. This maybe makes perfect sense. Just put my money here, and by the time I get to my retirement date, boom. I've got everything I need to retire. Is this so explain these target day funds? Are they a good option for a lot of people? Target day funds are the funds I love to hate. Um, okay. <laughs> not saying they are bad. They're they're not. But to have and, and what you kind of said in your head right there is what most people do. So it's not that people are doing anything wrong. It's just setting it and, and forgetting it and think you're going to be okay is flawed. But that's why they created these things because the inflows and in target date funds are astronomical. And so the federal government is keeping a very, very watchful eye of these target date funds because the inflows in 401k plans to these are, it's, it's crazy how much money is going into these every single year. And it doesn't make it wrong. It's just people need to know what they're getting into. And I say all that because Target date funds at Fidelity or target date funds at Schwab or target date funds at Vanguard or T. Rowe Price, I mean, I can go on and on and on and on because they all have them, is so very different. So what Vanguard thinks is a suitable 2055 fund may be very different than what Fidelity's 2055 fund is. I mean, there can be a huge range of, of how conservative or how aggressive these funds get over time. And more times than not, they get too conservative too quickly. So again, they can be a fit for some people, but I just arbitrarily check in a box because people don't know. And that's kind of the employer's fault for not providing more education to individuals about what these funds are and what other funds they have access to is, uh, is sometimes troubling, but um, I, I get it. it. It's an easy box to check uh, when you are filling out this 401k stuff, but just be careful and know what you're getting into. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't have any idea what was involved in the actual <laughs> fund itself. And I think I've since gotten out of that and moved it to something else. So I have learned along the way, thanks to this podcast and some other research and resource uh, research that I've done along the way. But yeah, that it just seemed like an obvious investment. But yeah, there's a lot more that goes into it. So I love that you say this investment you love to hate. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. <laughs> Our next one with the 401k is the contribution amount. You know, I guess this, I can imagine just it depends, obviously, it always depends, but it depends on what, you, what your company allows, what they match maybe. But when you, what kind of guidance do you give somebody on contributing to their 401k? Do you do enough just to max out the company match or do you try to go beyond? What do you usually tell them? Yeah, I mean, you, you stated it well. It does, it does depend. But I read an article not too long ago, and obviously we talk about taxes a lot on this. And Again, we're not giving specific tax advice because obviously we can't. We're not CPAs, but in general, we can kind of say, okay, 
historically, here's what tax rates have been. Here's how this is taxed, either at capital gains or ordinary income tax. But read a fascinating article not too long ago. I think it was on Market Watch. I can't remember specifically, but they went through the history of people maxing out their 401ks for the tax advantages of it. And again, when 401ks, we mentioned this before on the show, but 401ks were created in the late 70s, early 80s, when tax rates were as high as 70%. Well, newsflash, they are not 70% anymore. They're 37. Now, that could change depending on the election, but even if it does, the highest tax rate's not going to significantly change based off of you know Biden's proposals anyway. But it used to be no-brainer, put it in pre-tax, you know, work your entire life. Then when you get into retirement, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. So then you take it out when you're in a lower tax bracket and you kind of get the best of both worlds. You got the tax deduction when you're in a high tax rate, and then you get the distribution when you're in a lower tax rate. No brainer. Well, that just doesn't happen anymore because tax rates are squeezed so much now. They're so low that necessarily putting in that huge match just to get the tax deduction for this year, a lot of times people are in the same tax bracket. Well, then you didn't really get a bang for your buck at all. So, and, and the article went into specific numbers. So it started showing like the real value of saving on taxes. If you, if you were in the early 80s and then retiring later, the true tax advantage value was astronomically high. But now there's hardly any advantage whatsoever to to doing it now. So I would never tell people not to do go up to the match. I mean, that's that is what the company's going to put in for you. So it definitely go up to the match. Now, if you can save a lot of money per year, then okay, great. Max out your 401k. If you can do other things, great. But also too, there's other avenues to do that may be more tax advantageous. Um, obviously, maybe putting some money toward Roth conversions could help out. I know that's not investing, but you are shifting your funds from one bucket, one tax bucket to another tax bucket or a brokerage account where that has some tax advantages from a standpoint of, yeah, you put it in after tax, but as you pull that money back out, you never, you don't pay tax on the principal, but the, the gains, you do pay some capital gains tax. Well, if we're in a low enough taxable bracket, then capital gains rates can be zero or very little. And that all depends on how much Roth money we have anyway. So that's where strategizing the different tax buckets is uh, is huge. So I wouldn't just necessarily say all of a sudden, yes, max out your 401k. I would definitely say go to the match. That uh, That's pretty much blanket advice right there. Get the match, but then really, really nail down your situation if it does make sense to continue go to the 19,500 or the 26,000 per year, depending on how old you are. Does it make sense to do that or does it make sense to put your funds elsewhere? So go through those options with someone, figure out what uh, what's best for you. There's more out there than you might even realize. The last one, and you kind of you brought up Roth, so I want to I want to close out with this one. There's Roth and there's the traditional, and even you know we hear that with IRAs, but that's also the case with 401ks as well. If you have that Roth option in your 401k, is that something you should be taking advantage of? Yeah, I mean more times than not, I would. And you can split up your contributions. You can do you know, a certain percentage in Roth and a certain percentage in pre-tax. But first and foremost, know, find out if you have one or not. I have so many people saying, no, I don't have that. And they end up having it. Uh, so shame on the employer for not letting them know. 
but also, you know, shame on the individual. You need to, you need to find that out. If you don't know, ask somebody, or, you know, when you go into your account, when you set up your contributions, you should see pre-tax or after-tax. And that after-tax percentage that you can change to, that's the Roth bucket. It, it More times than not, it doesn't spell out Roth. It just says after-tax. So be aware if you have it. And then, you know, sometimes people are putting their entire amount in this pre-tax bucket. So instead of maybe shifting it all to after-tax right away, because that's going to change your paycheck. And so maybe gradually do that where you're gradually shifting things over so you can get used to what your paycheck's going to be. So um, I, I would take advantage of the Roth option. Two reasons. One, there's no income limits on it at all. You can make a million dollars a year and you can still put it in your Roth 401k. You make a million dollars a year, you cannot do an outside Roth IRA. You can still do your Roth 401k, but not a Roth IRA. And also to the contribution limits. So a Roth IRA, you can do six grand if you're under 50, seven grand if you're over 50 versus 19,500 if you're under 50 or 26,000 uh, if you're over 50. And that's for 2020. So be aware coming up soon, the IRS is going to change potentially those contribution limits. So be aware of that. So you know if you're still maxing that out, if you are doing that, because it may gravitate up you know, to 20,000 or 27,000. Anyway, just be aware of that. But being able to put that much money in a Roth bucket of money, that's huge. Because uh, the more articles I read and the way the government is spending, taxes are going to have to go up. Some shape, form, or fashion, whether it's next year, five years, 10 years from now, they're going to have to go up. There's a day of reckoning because we spend way too much and, and our tax rates are, are pretty low. Um, so the national debt continues to climb. And so it's got to be paid for. Those obligations have to be paid for somehow. So we know our tax rates today. So why not put as much as you can in that Roth and not be at the mercy of what your tax rate's going to be in 5, 10, 20, 30 years from now? If it's in that Roth bucket, who cares? It's all tax-free anyways. Well, there's a lot to talk about in terms of a 401k, but hopefully we've answered some of your questions and just gone through some of the the more frequently asked questions that Ryan gets and that, you know, that come in about 401ks, there are a lot of different moving parts to this and a lot more that you, you might not even be aware of, as we've talked about in loans, rollovers, Roth options that you might have in there that aren't even listed as a Roth specifically. So those things to think about. But if you have any further questions about your 401k, feel free to reach out to Ryan. He'll be happy to set up a time to work with you. He's got, you can schedule your retirement coach 360 session online at blackoakam.com, or you can call them directly, 470-508-0508. We have a question from the mailbag I want to get to here, Ryan, before we close it out. Comes in from Red in Nashville, who said, I never worried too much about the market when I was working, but now that I'm retired, my stomach is in knots every time the Dow has a bad day, which right now is, you know, it seems like almost every other day, it's up and down. <laughs> Should I just move everything to cash that I don't worry about so much? Well, it's kind of red in Nashville. That's awesome. That's like Shawshank Redemption. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but valid question, Red. It, it's, I mean, it kind of plays into the last couple of episodes that we've been talking about. So should I move everything to cash? No, absolutely not. Because uh, technically, if you do that, you're going to be losing money because cash rates of return are low, much, 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 much lower than rates of inflation. So you're guaranteeing to lose money by doing that approach. And then when are you going to get back in? When things are better? 
and I use air quotes with that, uh, you know, you may be getting back in when, when the market's on the uprise and, and maybe headed for a correction or a downturn. So again, it goes back to what we talked about before rebalancing diversification. I mean, you, you've got to do those things, but, but safe, there are safer investments in a portfolio, especially in retirement. And that's where, when the market's down and it's getting kicked, kicked a little bit, that's where your income needs to come from those safer investments. Let those market-based investments heal and kind of lick their wounds, if you will, and, and kind of bring themselves back up to where they were. Take money from that safe bucket, whether that's treasuries or maybe some cash, but putting it all in cash, no. Um, I have plenty of clients who like to keep a buffer of several months in cash. And so for times like March and April, you know, we were pulling from that cash bucket versus the equity bucket and letting those investments um, kind of bring themselves back up, which a lot of them have. So then when the market does really well, okay, let's let our safe investments sit there. Let's start pulling some income from our market-based investments that are going to give us a better rate of return over the long run, but obviously they're more volatile. So Red, go do something else, man. Don't don't watch too much TV and watch the market every single day. If you're diversified and allocated properly, then uh, these these big swings should not be affecting you as much as you think. All right, that's one of the reasons why you work with the financial advisors. So you don't have to worry about these types of things on a day to day basis. But but hopefully that eases you a little bit. And uh, we appreciate you right in and listening to Perfect Game Retirement. And Ryan, before we close it out, too, you know we're recording this in October, but the election will have already happened by the time this episode is published. And who knows what the results of that election will be? Who knows if it's actually finalized by the time this thing comes out? But I think just the bigger uh, idea, the biggest thing I want to stress to everybody listening right now is the opportunity really, if you're worried about where you stand or the results of the election, this is something you you plan to be speaking a bit, a bit with clients about and, and thing you something you've already been talking with clients quite a bit about, right? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, obviously... Uh, taxes uh, are a big because, you know, each of them are running on different tax platforms. Even even Trump has said he may make some modifications to the uh, tax plan. Now, I don't think it'll affect individuals as much from what I'm hearing. It's going to be more of a corporate tax thing. But Biden is talking about changing uh, a good bit of things. And, and so just being aware of who that can potentially affect. So no matter who wins, by the time we hear this recording, it it, it sh- probably will be settled. <laughs> Who knows if it Hopefully. will be, if there's a recount or anything like that. But for the most part, you know, getting planning done, because let's say it, it is Biden who, who does win the election. I mean, there's not going to be a change in 2020 from a tax law perspective. So there may be some huge opportunities to take advantage of if, if Biden has won and he's telling people, hey, you know, the income tax rates may go up, capital gains rates may go up. There's a lot of planning that go, that's involved uh, with that. So, you know, it, it may be kind of a race to the finish, if you will, for 2020 for your own self when it comes to tax planning. Now, if Trump has, has won, now, you know, you may, may not have to put your foot on the gas as much when it comes to this stuff, but there's still opportunity before the end of the year. Again, with Roth conversions, Roth conversions have to be done by the end of the year. So no matter who wins, uh, that should be a planning opportunity. But again, if Trump wins, then he's pretty much said the federal tax code will be in place until the end of 2025. So then we have you know another few years uh, to take advantage of it. But then all bets are off after after that. Uh, so who knows who will be in the presidency? 
at that point. Um, it, it won't be Trump because he can't run for a third term. Could potentially be Biden if he if he wins this one and wins another one. But again, that's all speculative, so we're not gonna we're not gonna speculate on that. But definitely sitting down with someone and, and making a plan at the end of the years is uh, just hugely important. Yeah, so no matter the results, make sure you sit down and and get a plan in place and, and talk through what it could mean moving forward. But you can find Ryan online, blackoakam.com. Schedule your retirement coach 360 session there. You can also call him directly, 470-508-0508. So I'm sure we'll have a lot to talk about next time we get together, Ryan, but uh, some great information on the 401k today. I appreciate it. Yeah, it was a good episode. I appreciate it. And um, by the time this episode airs, uh, it'll be right around my daughter's birthday. So I want to wish her a happy birthday if she ever listens to this. <laughs> Who knows? One day she might be coming back to this and, and hear that. That's pretty cool. Well, thanks, Ryan, again. Make sure you subscribe to Perfect Game Retirement. And uh, we'll have the next one sent out to you in a couple of weeks. Uh, until then, happy birthday to your daughter, Ryan. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.